Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We are doing another guest episode today and this one I have just been like bouncing in my manifesto seat about recording because the two women that I'm about to bring on to this podcast episode are not only phenomenal humans and amazing teachers in the human design space, but also played a really integral role in my human design journey. And I had the privilege of working with them for about six or seven months. And I came into their space after knowing a lot about human design, right? Knowing a lot of the teaching a lot of the textbook stuff it was a system I'd studied I'd been taught by other people I'd had readings but I I came to them when I was at the place of really wanting to deeply integrate and align and these two women gave me the space and the insight and the reflection and the teaching to do that so they really just played this pivotal role in in what everybody sees today and often when people say to me oh my gosh you're such an aligned manifester and how do you know this stuff I attribute a good 70% of it (laughs) to these women and the journey that we had together so without fluffing on too much more about it I would love to welcome on Dana and Shana from Dayluna Wow. Hello. Thank you for that beautiful intro. I feel like I could cry just reminiscing on (laughs) our journey together. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I, I have a lot of sentimentality over our time together. And I think that the way that you both teach human design, which we'll obviously get into over this podcast episode, is just, it's really profound. I think it's really unique in, in the human design spaces online. And, and that Um, was exactly what I needed as a manifester, somebody to speak in a slightly different language and to really recognize me as different. So thank you for doing that, ladies. Mm, I love hearing your reflections. And, you know, we've just, we love your energy so much. And when we first met, you were like, oh my gosh, your manifester power, like we could just feel it. And we were just so drawn to you. So getting to hear like your reflection of us going on this journey together and, and everything that you learned, like we feel the same. We feel like from getting to observe you and witness you integrate these things, like we are constantly um, inspired by you and impacted by watching a manifester who's in such alignment. Cause we are a bit of fangirls for manifestors, like as two projectors, we actually love manifestors. And when we meet one that's in their full glory, just shining their light in the world, it's like genuinely the most exciting thing for us. So 
there's so much love going on right now in this conversation. Oh, <laughs> mutual inspiration. I love it. It's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we know that you are both projectors, which I love. A lot of manifestors are surrounded by projectors in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I am no exception. I got a lot of projectors around me. Can you share with us what your specific designs are and how did you stumble down the human design rabbit hole? How did it find you? Yeah, so um, I'm a, we're both two, four projectors. I'm a self-projected projector and Dana is an emotional projector. Um, and we kind of stumbled down this human design rabbit hole together at the same time. We've been friends for 13 years now. And at a time in our life where we were going through just major transitions, it was before our Saturn returns, trying to figure out who am I, what am I doing with my life, what am I here for, Um, human design kind of came in right at the perfect time, and we discovered we're both projectors, and then we're like, okay, well, what does that mean, and it just led to one thing after the other um, of just eating it up, learning as much as we could. And after a few months of just devouring human design, we actually were invited to go to a retreat in Costa Rica. And we, it was not a human design retreat, right? It was just a retreat. And on that retreat, every single person there was asking us to do these mini readings for them. And we didn't have a business at that point. We didn't know what we were wanting to do. We just followed our strategy and authority. And by the end of that retreat, we had like five orders for these boxes that we had conceptualized, but we hadn't created. And we had a bunch of clients wanting to book sessions with us. And we're like, oh my gosh, what, what's happening? So we literally left that retreat, started our business um, and quit our jobs a month later and just dove head first into everything. Um, and it's been an incredibly expansive journey, but also, you know, it's completely rooted in living our designs every single day. We hold each other accountable, which is amazing. Um, and really seeing where that leads us versus trying to mentally figure out what's the next step, what makes sense. You know, should I do this? Should I do that? We've let all that go and just fully surrendered to, okay, well, what does my authority say here? What does my strategy say here? So it's been fun and wild and unknown and really, really awesome. It's very projector of you to just respond (laughs) (laughs) to an invitation and let that just unfold. You two, I think, are a really beautiful example of doing business in a partnership and doing business together. You really hold a a beautiful harmony while still letting your individual strengths kind of take place. Did you make a conscious decision to do business together or did it just sort of like unfold that way? People came to you together. Yeah, people came to us together. So it, we had no idea. I mean, we were friends for, you know, eight years before this. So we had no idea that we would be going into business together. It never occurred to us once in our life. Um, but Dana and I are so different that it really is this polarization where working together, it is very well rounded because the things that she loves doing, I 
don't and vice versa. (laughs) And then also when I'm feeling super motivated and in flow, she is feeling like I could use a little bit of a break and vice versa. So we kind of hold it up together and it, it kind of bounces off. But what, what would you say Dana to that? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we were best friends. Like we're so connected. We went to school together. We had every class together in college. We were roommates for years and years. Our families are close. Like we spend Christmas together with our families. Like that's how besties close we were. And then when we found out that we were both two, four projectors, something really clicked for us. Like, holy shit. I'm a projector and you're a projector and we're both two fours. Like it just made so much sense because in a certain way we're very similar and the way that we operate is very similar. But within that, when you go in a little bit deeper, dive deeper, we're actually these kind of like polarized energies. So that was a really just fun play to be able to kind of like go for it. And, you know, also it's been really easy to, Uh, face fears when you have your bestie right next to you, you know, like, especially when you start a business, like you're going on out on a limb and you're taking these big risks. And we didn't have a business coach. We didn't go to business school. We were literally using our human design to build a business around human design. And when you're doing that on your own, I feel like there can be this feeling of like, am I okay? Is this okay to just do it and just go for it and just try it. But having someone else next to you, when they ask you that, you're like, of course you're okay. Go for it. You got it. So us being able to to kind of support each other in all of those really scary moments and also celebrate each other when we see the other person doing something brilliant and amazing. Like it's just been such a beautiful journey, but for sure we are like so nerdy about human design. We live <laughs> and breathe it. I'm not joking. Literally it's all we talk about 24 hours a day yeah. since we since we discovered it and everyone in our family knows about it. It's like the only language we speak. So we, you know, that nerdiness, it just oozes out of us. And I know I it serves us. I'm still shocked that at family events and get togethers that people are still asking me human design questions because I'm like, aren't you guys sick? Like, I feel like we talk about it. It's all we talk about. I'm like, are you not over this conversation about human design? And they're like, no, I want to know this and this and this. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what I love about human design, at least with honestly everything, but especially in our business, it's, we just lean on that, right? If, mm-hmm. if a complication comes up in our business, it's like, okay, well, let's use our strategy and authority. Okay, what are our gifts around this area? Let's lean in that way instead of trying to mentally manipulate and figure out and struggle our way through it. So it has kind of taken a lot of the pressure off because we don't have to figure out shit. Like we mm-hmm. just get to use our human design and that figures it out for us. And it is this kind of scary thing to do at first, but once you start doing it, it's so liberating. And it's actually, I feel like our business is one of the easiest things in our life. I agree. That's so refining that wisdom, right? To, to simplify it down so clearly, because I think that that's, I I agree. I think that that probably is the biggest challenge for people, particularly in business, right? Trying to apply human design to business is that there's so much noise in the business space about strategies that are needed and systems and structures and content and communication. And, you know, it's a very, very noisy place and only getting noisier as more people come into the online space in particular. I think for me, I spent a long time in brick and mortar business and that was not so noisy. Because unless people came to you, it was, it was pretty straightforward. But in the online space, it's just constant. And I love always coming back to that space of 
you know what? I, it really only requires strategy and authority. That's, that's actually it. Like we don't need to overcomplicate this with, you know, what's your conscious son or what channels have you got and are they conscious or are they unconscious and what are your line expressions? And all of that has a beauty to it, that complexity. But if we haven't journeyed through this space of, okay, in this situation, what's the strategy and what's the authority, right? What decision am I making and how am I strategically using my energy here? Then um, I think that we needlessly complicate it for ourselves. Mm. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. I know that you guys work with a huge range of clients. I mean, I'm floored with the fact that you can still do so many one-on-one calls, right? As a fellow non-sacral being, I'm always like, amazing (laughs) that you can show up and do that. How many manifestors have you worked with or or, um, what manifestors do you have in your personal lives and what experiences have you had with that? Mm. Well, my dad was a manifester. He passed away a few years ago. Um, and I didn't actually know he was a manifester until after he passed away, but everything made so much sense to me. So he's really like my biggest case study. Um, and you know, I, I have a special passion for manifestors because my dad was a manifester. Um, but in our personal lives and in our team, for example, and all the people that we know intimately, we don't really have any close manifestors. We have one, we have one manifestor friend who actually uh, invited us to that retreat where we got all of our, all of our invitations to start our business, of course. And she's been (laughs) such a powerful catalyst in our life. Like every time we see her, like our universe just speeds up like a hundred miles per hour. Um, So she's definitely someone that we get, we just get to witness the impact that happens when a manifester walks into a party. Um, like every single person gets initiated by them, whether they realize it or not. So she's definitely been our case study, but with our clients, you know, it's, it's pretty special when we get a manifester just because of the percentage, you know, the numbers. And I would say, you know, it is around like only 5% of our clients maybe have been manifestors. Yeah. Yeah. I would say we probably met with like I don't know, 75 to hundred manifestors mm-hmm. and, but every single manifestor is so different. Mm-hmm. Like we, and, and, you know, generators and projectors, um, and you know, man gens, it's not that everyone's the same because everyone's different. Obviously human design is a science of differentiation. Everyone's different, but there is kind of this energy, um, cohesive feeling that you can be like, oh, I can tell you're, you're a generator with manifestors and reflectors. Actually, every time that we meet with one, it's just like radically different than the last and the last and the last. But of course, you know, with manifestors, there's that through line of, wow, your words are impacting me right now. Even though we're giving a reading to you, the things that you say, the things that you notice, like stick with us. And it's really, really impactful. Even as a manifester, I, I find it hard to identify uniformity amongst manifestors. And yeah, really, where I found it is is that we have this um, we have this similarity in our experiences, in the way that we've personally experienced the world, because it's so different. It's just so different to the way that everybody else experiences, you know, everything happening around them. And I, it's really attributed to that closed aura, right? We just I don't think that we realize how strange we are energetically in that aspect until we we get taught the mechanics of it and then it all falls into place. Yeah. But 
I mean, in terms of like the way that manifestors show up and the way that their energy is received and the personalities that they have, it's just, it's so different. It's so different across the board. And um, like you, Dana, my father is, is a manifester. Um, He's a Mm. splenic like me, but he's a one, three and I'm a four, six. Mm. So the way that his manifestor energy shows up is so different to mine because he expresses it completely differently through that profile. And additionally, he's a white middle-aged male in a patriarchal society. And so a lot of the challenges that I've had, he has not experienced, right? Mm -hmm. He he kind of has this um, ease in taking his splenic voice and initiating it into action and then just sort of like barging people out of the way with informing, right? Because that's that's his life experience. That's what he knows. So I think that um, as manifestors, it's important that we remember that. And that, that we come back to that, that we're always, because we don't necessarily feel like we belong, we're always looking for a place to belong. Um, and that really, like, pulls at my foreline. I'm always like, bring them together. Like, as a community, we've got we to get people connected. But, but we're, all, we're all completely individual, yeah, in ways mm-hmm. that other people aren't. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting manifestors that closed aura that, you know, is such a defining characteristic. I think that's the main thing that I feel when I'm around manifestor, just because as a projector, our energy is designed to really go in and feel someone inside of their energetic field. And when you meet a manifestor, this, this unfamiliar feeling of meeting a brick wall, it's like, Whoa. And it makes you sit up straight in your chair. It really makes you pay attention. Um, makes you get, brings this like mysterious, attractive, you know, kind of feeling, but that for me is so powerful. Like I love feeling it because I can feel it so intensely and it's just so rare and special and cool. And that's really like the message I always try to tell manifestors is like, you just have no idea how special your energy is. You have no idea. It's so powerful. And, you know, of course, with that signature theme being peace to me, there's this really funny, um, something that just doesn't line up. Like you're out the way that people experience you on the outside. You're so impactful. You're so inspirational. It just oozes out of you. But the way that you experience your signature theme of peace, it's just like this chill, like you're just doing what you want to do. So I think it's hard for manifestors to even wrap their head around like how special their energy is. But for us, like we really get a chance to feel it. So it's just such a cool uh, it's one of my favorite, for sure. One of my favorite energy types to come across because the feelings that you get, it's just like, wow, I could just feel this like closed aura and all of the energy that comes from that. Yeah. Mm, and then when that. a manifestor lets you in to their aura, then it's a whole other, just like you're in a treasure box, <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, learning things and everything you're learning is impacting you and inspiring you in your own life. And it's just mm-hmm. this very, um, it's reciprocal, it's symbiotic, it's reciprocal because, yeah. you know, when a manifester asks a projector for advice and lets them in there, it's then this amazing uh, feeling of, I feel supported as a manifester and the the projector feels recognized and it's this just incredible feeling I I genuinely feel like I'm in a treasure chest like okay what am I gonna find here 
as you were saying that, it reminds me of like every word a manifester tells you or shares with you. It's like a present that's wrapped in gift gift paper and you have to like yeah. rip it off. And then you're like, oh my God, I had no idea it was inside this box. And of course that, you know, on our birthdays, we wrap our gifts for a reason. Like that mystery is exciting. And it's literally like every single word a manifester says is like wrapped in this paper and you get to uncover it. And it's just like such a, a blessing. Mm, I love that. This is why I love your perspective, guys. Losing <laughs> <laughs> love, so much love. I always come away from talking to you with you feeling like I'm amazing as a manifester. Oh my God. That whole life, you know, we really don't recognize our impact. I, it's, I find it a real dichotomy for myself because I'm so energetically aware of other people and connected to other people, but I'm actually completely blind to the impact that I have on them and so every single time people share that feedback it's a surprise to me it's like a a genuine like golly really really is that what actually occurred here because I feel really validated but that's not what I saw occurring um Mm -hmm. and I love I love that phrase treasure chest like a treasure box because that's really what it feels like inside the aura too right It, it it feels like um this very kind of surprising, unpredictable way to live life that there's, you know, every creative urge is like another little, oh, I've never been here before and I've never done things this way before and this is just like another corner of the box and every rest cycle teaches exactly the same stuff. Like I've never experienced it this way and one of the things that I've been playing with over the last 12 months in particular is this space of, as a manifester, yeah, sure, we're here to initiate other people and we're doing that naturally, right, without even recognizing that we're doing it. But we're also equally initiating ourselves through that whole process. And so there is this sort of like two-sided element of my power is having this influence on other people, but my power is also having an influence on me. And I don't necessarily have any control or predictability around that I just need to roll with that tide and surrender to that more and more each time it happens Mm -hmm. absolutely I really like to think of manifestors as um, people who are able to channel and every urge you get I think of it as like you are like this vessel and you're channeling this urge this idea this thing to say this invention and your job really is to kind of like be that clear vessel and allow yourself to just have those urges. And most people, that's a really scary thing because it is surprising and it is mysterious. And it is sometimes your ideas are so powerful or special that that can feel like a lot of pressure. Like, well, how am I going to live up to this really special idea? Or what if this idea is for someone else and it's not for me and I lose my opportunity? It can be a lot of pressure to be someone who's channeling such brilliance into the world, you know? And so people can really close that off and, and distance themselves from their urges. So anytime that we meet a manifester who's really embracing those urges and like facing that unknown head on and just being there with an open heart and like letting it all happen, it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of courage in a really authentic way. So we definitely uh, love when we get to see people like just honoring their urges. It's like, wow, it's, you are connected to these higher planes and you are channeling these things in from kind of these higher realms into the physical world. Yeah. It's terrifying every time mm-hmm. <laughs> just to make that clear. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think that that fear, at least in my experience, that fear doesn't dissipate at all, yeah. but it, it becomes more familiar 
and mm-hmm. and I think that we learn to anticipate it and recognize that um, the more we just identify that fear and accept that that fear is part of this this journey and and part of the mechanics of how we operate, then it doesn't slow us down anymore. But the fear remains. The fear remains For every sure. time. Yeah, I love that human design gives languaging to actually understanding what these urges are, because without that, the conditioning really is, um, you know, who am I to, to have these or feeling like you don't want to have them. You don't want to be that powerful. A lot of manifestors, when they first hear that they're manifestors, it's like, no, that can't be right. Yeah. I'm not impactful. I'm not special. I'm not, because we have a lot of conditioning around not seeing ourselves as special. And then you have this closed aura where it's even harder for you to see how impactful you are. So it's kind of doubled down, but, but once you kind of shed that conditioning and you have this languaging from human design, it's so, I mean, obviously it's always going to be scary because it's like, Oh, this is uncharted territory, but it also has that flip side of the coin of, okay, this is a new item in this treasure chest. And now I get to explore it and, and having the freedom, having the privilege to have the freedom to explore that and run with it. That's really, um, really where the magic happens, I think. Can you guys share your perspective and your teaching on informing? Because I really enjoyed the way that you you taught informing specifically to me and I you know see it across your content. I think that you actually really capture what informing is in ways that uh, traditional human design teaching doesn't really go down into. And I'd, I'd love you to share with the, the manifestors listening about that. Yeah, definitely. So the first thing that I always want to lead with is the fact that for all of the other human design energy types, your strategy feels pretty natural. And for a manifester, you are the only type where your strategy of informing feels completely wrong. It feels like the last thing on earth that you want to do. It does not feel natural in any way. In fact, at first it can almost feel painful, I think. So the first thing I want to start with is that Like, this is not going to feel normal. It's going to feel like a practice. And the more that you practice, the easier it gets. You start to really prove to yourself that it makes your life easier. It relieves kind of that resistance that you might feel or that, that, uh, tendency for people to control you. So I do like to start with saying that it is kind of this unnatural thing. And I also like to say to manifestors that I want to kind of explain to you why informing is necessary as far as your energetics, because I think that helps you get behind it a little bit more because, you know, manifestors don't want to be told what to do, especially from some projector that has completely different energy. So it's important to kind of understand these backstories because it helps you get on board a bit. So as far as having uh, the aura of a manifestor, your aura is closed and repelling. And it's this, you know, we've been talking about this so far in this conversation, your, your auric field literally has this quality where it's like a wall, a barrier. And you're, you know, this human being that's like walking around in this nutshell, and it is designed to protect you from the world around you, because as a manifester, you're designed to be independent. You are not designed to be swayed by other people's opinions or pressures, what they want from you. So you kind of have this natural blinders, these blinders on in your aura, and that's to help you and to serve you. But the other side of that is that you have these blinders on and people can't feel you. They can't read your mind. Not only can people not feel your energy, neither can the universe, life itself, the world around you. So in order to open up a window in this closed wall, that is your aura, you use your voice. 
And, you know, you tell someone, this is what's going on inside these walls. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm annoyed by. This is what I envision or what I want. Um, this is what I'm struggling with. This is how I feel about informing, which is I don't want to. And, you know, <laughs> saying all of those things is opening up this window inside of this wall and the people around you are then able to see you. They are able to understand you and they want to see you. They want to understand you, but they can't because you have this wall. So the only way that you can have that understanding is by you opening up that window and forming. And in that same exact way, the universe also loves you and is wanting to give you all the resources that you need, but it cannot understand you or see you unless you inform. So for us, we really like to focus on the fact that manifestors are here to say everything that's going on in their mind and their soul and their body, not only to the people around them, but to life itself. And that can be in a ritual that can be setting an intention, but saying it out loud, that can be a type of prayer speaking to the universe. Um, instead of journaling, you know, turning on your computer video and just recording yourself talking out loud. But we really see that once you say what it is that you are feeling or needing, you start to kind of rally energy in the people and the universe around you to start manifesting that thing into reality. So in human design, your throat chakra is not just your communication center. It's also your manifestation center. So when you are using your voice and saying what you want or feel or need, et cetera, um, you are manifesting all of life around you to start supporting you in that way. And, you know, with informing a lot of manifestors, they have so many questions because this is such a foreign thing to them. They're like, okay, well, what do I say? And when do I say it? And how do I say it? And we like to talk about informing as if it's like this magic wand and it's kind of like a sliding scale. However much you inform, it would be like, if you informed every single thought, every single inner dialogue that came into your mind, your life would radically change. Like things would literally just appear for you. But that is super unrealistic because it is such an intentional practice. So just kind of thinking about any time that I'm feeling frustrated, any time that something's feeling hard, any time I need support in any way and I feel this not self of anger kind of bubbling up, just open my mouth and just literally explain your brain to the universe, to yourself like a crazy person as you're driving your car or to anyone around you. And you'll instantly start to feel things shifting energetically in the people and the world around you. Yes. And the main thing to really understand is that when you're informing people in your life of what you're thinking or what you're frustrated by, um, it's not because you're asking their opinion or you are wanting them to help you in some way. It's just by letting them in to see what's happening. And that rallies that energy, that support around you. So you'll start to surprise yourself. The more that you lean into informing, the more things just kind of work themselves out in, in your favor. Um, so there's nothing too small to say out loud or too big to say out loud. And there is this tendency to only want to say something once you have that thought figured out. Once you know, like, okay, oh, this was that idea. I have it fully realized in my mind, and now I'm going to say it out loud. But really the most powerful thing you can do is to say, you know what? I just had this idea and I don't really know where it's going. I don't even know if it's for me or if it's for someone else. I don't even know if it's something I want in my life, but I keep thinking about it and I don't know what I'm doing. Saying, I don't know what I'm doing out loud as a manifester is powerful because it will help rally that energy in the people around you and help them along their 
their life path, but also it will help you to then get that clarity so much faster than you just trying to mentally exercise your way to a conclusion first. So really trying every time that you find yourself editing yourself or holding back to then notice it and then say, okay, you know what? I'm just saying this out loud. And even saying things that you might think are rude or you couldn't possibly say that, like, you know, I'm just not really in the mood to talk right now, or I'm just not really in the mood to inform. That's informing. Um, Saying, you know, I'm just feeling really annoyed and I just need some time by myself. You would think that people would be offended, but really because you have this closed aura, people will feel like, oh, that's where you're at. Cool. I'm going to go do this other thing, but they just didn't know where you were at. So they're probably annoying the shit out of you because they're trying to figure out what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you're doing. And really you just want that alone time. And all you need to say is I want some alone time. So it really sounds simpler than it is, but the more that you can just trust your voice and just let it out, the better. Yeah. As a six line who is also a splenic authority, I really resonate with that (laughs) recurrent experience of like, I actually have no idea what I'm thinking or what I'm saying or what I'm doing here because it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. It's not clear. I can't see how it's all fitting together until it's done, but I want to appear like I've got my shit together here and I actually can't. So (laughs) the two things can often feel like at odds with each other. And um, one of the things that was really helpful for me in kind of getting a grasp on that informing journey, and, and it really did take me a good six months. I mean, you guys were there for a lot of it, just at that like consistent daily practice of informing and you were so encouraging, which was really beautiful because <laughs> I needed that as a many. Um, one of the things that was helpful was understanding that because this is a habit, right? This is not, it's a, it's a conscious tool. I have to actually place it into my reality that there's neural programming that goes along with this. And so the more we inform, right, the more we take those step-by-step mechanics of, oh, I've got a thought, oh, I've got a feeling, oh, I've got a creative urge, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to speak about it, whether that's me speaking to myself, speaking to the universe, speaking to people around me, whoever needs to be involved in that. The more frequently I go through that mechanical process, the more I'm actually reprogramming my brain to believe that that's normal. And to believe that that's simple. So I think I have the benefit of being in the place now where that is my process. That is what goes on all the time. And it's quite rare that I forget to inform about something. It's usually because I'm consciously choosing to not inform (laughs) about something Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to hold that back. And it never does me any favors, (laughs) like ever. Never a good thing. Um, but being, you know, I've spoke, I think we spoke on the, the podcast that I did for you guys about my manifesto child, right? I also have a son who's a manifesto. He's a four, six, two, but he's emotional. He's completely different to me. He's like this foreign little being. I don't, I don't know how to be an emotional manifesto, but trying to normalize informing for him, especially because he's eight now and he's really pliable still, you know, developmentally, like his brain is still really open to flexibility and to change. And he's forming neural pathways so quickly. Um, He thinks that informing is the most normal thing in the world 
to do. Mm. And that's been as simple as integrating that into our language to say, you know, he, he shares his emotions, right, which is very foreign for me because I don't even know what my emotions are enough to share them usually as an undefined emotional being. But he feels he's with such stark intensity that most often he's just informing on what he's feeling. That's it. And it's as simple as us saying, thanks for informing us. That's it. That's all you needed to do. You just needed to tell us and then everything's going to wrap around you easily. And it's really cool to witness how that actually changes his life experience as a manifester, you know, that he's in peace a lot more than I think I was as a child because he can, he's got this openness in the way he experiences the world, which is, is such a gift, I think, as a parent to give a manifester child. Absolutely. You have no idea how moving it is for us to hear this this experience that you have, because we just feel passionately about this next generation and kids that are being able to be raised with the awareness of how their energy works and how to navigate that. And, and, you know, thinking of these manifesto children in the past, like my dad who grew up in the fifties and thinking of what it must've been like for him, for people to just have zero awareness of how his energy works and he, for him to have zero support around it. So to hear these stories of, um, parents like you being able to like hold that space and starting with yourself where you yourself are in such beautiful alignment, it's like amazing for us to witness. And then you getting to shine that light on your children and pass that on. Like it is just the most beautiful thing. We feel so inspired by all of your stories. And so many people who have listened to your episode on our podcast have reached out that people who have manifest their children and they're like, wow, everything has shifted for me. Like this, that was the most helpful conversation I've ever heard. And we agree. And, you know, another thing about manifestors is it's, it, they're probably the one type out of the five, you know, human design energy types that it's the best maybe for them to learn from other manifestors, just because you actually know what it feels like. And you've actually taken on informing for on your, you know, for yourself and being able to model what that looks like. And then having a, you know, a younger generation, just be able to take those like quantum leaps, uh, in their journey. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think manifestors do best when we can see other manifestors do it. Um, yeah, mostly because we're really resistant to learning anything from anyone that we don't think understands. Yeah, (laughs) totally. So like, absolutely. There's this purity, I think, to having a manifesto say, this is, this is what I do. And this is what I know. And um, even within that, I think it's really important for manifestors to recognize what, what do we know? Like what, what can we share? What can we teach? I get a lot of people who request stuff from me about manifestors and dating and I, mm-hmm. I don't teach on it. I don't go into it because I got married at 21. You know, like I don't, I can talk to you about manifestors and marriage for sure until the cows come home, but I don't really understand that experience of manifestors and dating. And so I, I think that that goes back to this experience of we're not all the same. We don't have to be the same. We don't have to be across everything, but we can really authentically and really confidently share the uniqueness of the experience that we have had because that does impact other people and that does initiate other people into growth. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And the same, in the same way, you know, 
we love sending people over to you because we're like, go people that are manifestors. We're like, please go learn from a manifestor. Like you won't regret it. And in that same way, I think for us, you know, maybe one of the biggest projector struggles, which is in some ways similar because we're all non-sacral beings here is, you know, loving what you do and being obsessed with your work and being obsessed with your success and not having the energy that you in quotes, wish you had to, to work on it. And so a lot of projectors, that own their business, you know, they really want to come learn from us because we've actually done it. And it's been our biggest practice to force ourselves to practice resting, to force ourselves to put a timer on and to stop working when we're done, you know, to hold each other accountable. Like I heard you say you're tired. You need to stop. It doesn't matter what else needs to be done. And you know, that for us has been a very intentional practice and it hasn't felt easy, but exactly as you were sharing with informing, the more you do it, the more you make it a habit, the more you make it a practice, you do build those new neural pathways. It does become easier and easier. And then eventually you reach this threshold where things really shift. Like we like to talk about this practice as like, uh, you know, think of a plane taking off and you need all of this power and it's so loud and you're going, going, going. And then you just poop, like pop up into the clouds and it's easy and you're flying and you're up there, but you know, to get from the ground to that place takes a lot of intention, takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of work. And then eventually you pop up in the clouds and you are just like living in this self theme that feels so right. And so easy. Uh, so it's really, you know, it's cool to kind of be able to come and, and share our experiences in that way. Mm, I love seeing projectors in alignment. I, you just like so embody success when in alignment, it's so beautiful. I think it's this really uh, kind of like unwashed version of success right Mm -hmm. that we get we get so conditioned to believe that success is about metrics or it's you know it's about money or it's about numbers or you know whatever whatever label capitalism would like to put on success and projectors when in alignment really just give this kind of unadulterated version of no this is actually what success is <laughs> this is there's this sovereignty to it i think that um you know it's i'm experiencing the world on the terms that i want to experience it on and that feels yeah. perfect to me yeah. um and that's really nice you know as a manifesto being surrounded by projectors i mean my husband's a projector my eldest child is a projector I have a lot of projectors just kind of out in my field, which is pretty common for manifestors to have. Um, it's really nice to be able to take the role of initiating projectors into that to say, you're allowed to want recognition. Like you're, you're actually allowed to want to be seen and to be recognized and to be validated. And in doing that and in just responding to these invitations that are correct for you, you will be successful and and it will be success the way that you want to experience success. Mm -hmm. Do you have any particular advice for manifestors who have projectors in their life? Like how do you want us to treat you? How, how do you want us to initiate you? Yeah. I mean, well, everything you just said was, was heaven. Um, that's exactly <laughs> how, you know, projectors want to be treated. And it's so interesting because, you know, manifestors do have tend to have a lot of projectors in their life, but 
the opposite of that isn't necessarily true. And I think it can be one of the most powerful things um, for a projector to be around a manifester and have that initiation. It's so uh, liberating just even to hear you say, you're allowed to want recognition. You're allowed to want to be seen. I mean, that is, that's really where it's at, especially for men um, projectors, because there's a lot of conditioning around work and around output and, you know, your value being in what you do versus, you know, as a projector, your value really is in what you see and, um, and being able to share what you see and guide other people. So, um, you know, we're all here to guide all us projectors and actually all of us are all here to guide in some way, um, whether, you know, you have projected channels or you have gifts that are really here to, to help people um, in this way of not doing things for them, but instead sharing or teaching. Um, but there is just so much conditioning around having to do and earn your place. And for projectors, that's, it's, it's like poison. It's toxic. So for manifestors to just say, you know, rest, it's enough. You're allowed to just want to be seen, um, to validate or give really meaningful compliments is also another thing that's so powerful. Um, there's nothing like getting a a compliment from a manifester. (laughs) (laughs) Really there isn't. And, um, you know, I think that that kind of um, uh, kindred feeling of both being non-sacral beings and saying, you know, I understand what it's like to not always have energy. Um, And that is something that I, you know, generators and mansions just, unless they're really versed in human design, they do not understand. They just don't get it, (laughs) do they? (laughs) Don't. I spent all weekend with my fiance's family this last weekend and um, I was in the house with them and I all of them were man gens and generators and I just remember thinking you know it was a long weekend we had a holiday weekend so I was there for four days and I remember thinking like on day three like you guys will never know <laughs> you'll never know you know, they all wake up at 8 a.m. and they're in the kitchen drinking coffee and they have all this energy and they're zipping around and doing all this stuff. And it's like, I've never felt that in my life. Like I genuinely haven't. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. So I think that, you know, just kind of seeing each other in, in that is really powerful as well. And then you using your words as a manifester is just like, boom, it really sets it in and helps support projectors to just be and and honor their energy. And I also want to add that, you know, projectors and manifestors, when they are out of alignment, both of those two Mm. types can really be jealous of each other. Like a projector who's out of alignment can be like, I wish I was a manifester. If I was a manifester, I would rule this world. And, you know, manifestors are like, when they're out of alignment and they're really trying to hide or shrink, they're like, I wish someone would just give me the perfect invitation. And then I would just know that it's right for me. And I wouldn't have to be brave or bold or put myself out there on a limb. So Mm -hmm. I think in a certain way, that's also something really beautiful is we can kind of be a mirror for each other and show each other how special and powerful it is to have these two different energy types and to check yourself. You know, if you are around a manifester or a projector and they are challenging for you, because 
we actually get a lot of messages from parents who have projector children and they say, I love my kid, but they are hard. And we're like, oh, okay. Projector. And like, yep. And so, you know, we hear it about manifest your children, but we also really hear it about projector children. And so I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you are either a projector or a manifester and you find yourself having judgment or, you know, bitterness or anger against your type or someone else's type or wishing you were different, the first place is to really always look within and to know that that's a signpost for you, that you are not in alignment and to go back to whatever it is that you need to do to take care of yourself first. So this conversation, the question was actually about what can we give to the other person? And what I really want to say is starting with yourself, because mm-hmm. if you are feeling any type of uh, bitterness or anger towards the other type, you're not actually going to be able to give them a true authentic uh, love that you would be able to give them if you start with yourself first. Mm, so good. I think that the benefit of the last 18 months or so that globally we've had is that we've been kind of in these isolated containers with each other where observing stuff like that is quite, quite apparent. You know, it's, it's pretty clear. I think as a, um, a mother, I, I love observing my children, very line six of me. I'm always like watching in on the zoo of these children that I created. I'm like, where did you come <laughs> from and who the heck are you? And, and also, why did you choose to come here with me? What an interesting choice. Um, but I have a, a four, six emotional projector, a six, two sacral generator and a four, six emotional manifester. And watching the dynamics of the three of them together is amazing it's really amazing I think that we you know like Shana as you were saying that experience for most non-sacral beings around sacral beings it's like you guys you you don't understand (laughs) that you you have this energy that that we just don't that's definitely been my experience watching my daughter as the only sacral being in a non-sacral family I'm floored to see the opposite occurring that we rest so much as a family that she actually has energy to use and we forget that she she has to use energy like it'll show up with her not sleeping well overnight she'll she'll wake up overnight because her sacral center didn't actually get used up and I have to keep saying sorry babe I just forgot I I forgot that you needed to do more because that's really foreign <laughs> to the rest of us. And I think it'll create an interesting adult experience as a generator. Um, but between the projector and the manifester, it's been really beautiful to watch that, that ping back and forth because my projector son is really enamored with manifester energy. He really, you know, he'll come to me or he'll come to my other son and he just wants to touch us or just talk to us or just be in our space. And, and of course, like he's 12, he's still learning how to, how to work with all of that. And so he is quite penetrating. He's really just like, bam, I'm here. And I'm like, in your face. <laughs> and usually we're like, Oh my God, stop, just stop. But it's like, he, he gets what he needs from that. And it's really nice when that's working in harmony. It's it's that feels really good to both me and to my manifester son. You know, like that makes us smile that like our little projector bud then skips away. Like he's he's picked up enough electricity and he's been sparked and he's gone. Um, and I think that that really, for me at least, that's really indicative of what this next generation can potentially be 
with this awareness of energy and this um this this vision and this commitment to seeking harmony amongst our energy types yes absolutely and like I can just imagine, you know, like the future in school of all the kids getting to do their different things and the generator kids getting to go out and like work on projects while the projector kids stay in and read a book and take a nap. Like (laughs) I can just see that vision so much. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because the human design is the science of differentiation. It's helping us understand how we are different, how we are, you know, not the same as the people around us. But in the end, the purpose of this is that harmony, you know, the purpose of it is that we are our healthiest and our happiest when we have diversity. If you need proof of that, just look at mother nature and look at a healthy ecosystem that has all of this radical diversity. And that's what makes it beautiful. If you need proof of it, listen to a beautiful song. It doesn't just have one note. It has all of these notes. And when they come together, the harmony moves you like nothing else you've ever heard. So it's really, we are meant to be this beautiful harmony when we come together in all of our differences. And, you know, being able to just be in love with someone's uniqueness, like it's the most soul healing thing that could possibly be given or be shared or be received on this earth. So, um, you know, loving someone in a way that they really feel it because you get them, you understand them, you're, you know, speaking their love language when you tell a man, when you see a manifestor's power and you share with them how much they impact you or inspire you, like, they receive that and vice versa for projector, you know, when you include them and invite them in and, you know, give them some of your spark happily and like watch them bounce away. Like that, that really is a, such a beautiful, real type of love. Mm. You guys speak, you know, quite a bit in your content really beautifully about the paradigm shift that, that we're all journeying through. What a, what a wild ride it's been so far, two years in. Can you share some just any insight that you have about where we're currently at in this shift and where you think potentially we might be moving to next. And, and I guess, especially as non-sacral beings, how do we navigate that? How do we keep moving through this? Because we're still very much in a chaos state right now. Yeah. 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 So we are in a chaos state. I mean, so human design really teaches that the new paradigm happens in 2027 and that, you know, it takes seven years for things to mutate and for, um, you know, in, in the physical body for the cells to all be brand new in, in your body, um, and to be a new person. And so there's these seven year cycles that, that are, um, echoed a few times in human design, but, we're in this seven year cycle right now of, you know, from 2020 chaos, things kind of hitting the fan and, um, things crumbling. So we're in the crumbling and this time is, is really necessary because the new paradigm is all about being an individual. It's all about, um, really identifying what are the structures that, are meaningful and that are needed and are useful and provide for our lives. And what are the ones that aren't? What are the ones that are rooted in greed or in power or in ego? And those are the ones that are going to crumble away. So moving into this new paradigm, it is all about how can I be an individual and still 
be in harmony with my community, with my government, with the structures that are serving, um, with, with the things that are meaningful in my life. So the last, you know, 400 years, we've been in this paradigm, which is all about structures and building things up, you know, having, having a government, having, you know, churches and religion and having, you know, your sports teams and all these kind of places where we can, uh, find ourselves and find community. However, there is this very much this energy in this last 400 years of you can't sit with us, right? That my country is better than your country. Or if you're not my religion, then you can't come into my church. Or, you know, if you don't believe what I believe, then we're different. We're not the same. And so that is all what is crumbling down. So we built these structures over the last 400 years. And now we're in this phase of what are the structures that actually we need? They, these structures that we built have got us to this point now, but what are the ones that are meaningful, that are helpful, that are inclusive, that allow us to be individuals, that allow us to use our gifts equally in a way that, that empowers us and liberates us. And then once the ones that don't do that crumble away, then it's all about, okay, how can I honor myself and be an individual and live the life of my dreams while still being in connection with others. So that's really kind of where we're moving towards. And the way that we navigate this is honestly by really figuring out who the F you are. Like <laughs> that is it. Like, and you know, human design is an incredible tool for that, but there's so many people who don't even know about human design and they're doing that. Right. And so it's, it's knowing that, you know, it, it is following your strategy and authority. And we meet people all day that, that, have been living their strategy and authority, you know, since a young age before they ever knew about human design. So it is possible, but the beauty in human design is that it gives you this powerful language to the things that you feel naturally. It tells you, this is who you are. This is how you move through the world. This is what you're gifted at. And once you have that languaging, it becomes a million times easier to own it and to just do it and to lean into that. And so that helps you navigate this time of, okay, where do I want to use my voice? What do I want to crumble in my life? And what do I want to keep? You know, where do I want to get involved in my community? All of that gets clarified through using your strategy and authority in the same way we were talking about in the beginning with our business. It's like the weight is off of our shoulders once you can kind of just surrender to, you know what? this is my truth. And I know it because my authority told me this. And so I'm just going to trust it. I'm going to go with it. And that's really what's going to lead us in alignment to as individuals to this new paradigm shift. So that way when 2027 comes around, you know, it's not going to be like January 1st, 2027. It's like, bing, we're in this new paradigm, right? It's like, this is happening. This process is, is, um, is what's the word um, uh, mutating over these seven years. So it's going to feel like in 2027, natural. It's going to feel like, of course, because of the last seven years, this makes sense exactly where we're at today right now. So your job right now is to just get radically authentic with yourself and honor what it is that you feel and to not have the, as much as you can the mentality of you can't sit with us 
you know, well, if you believe in vaccines then you can't sit with us, if you don't, then you can't sit with us. But really me as an individual, my authority is telling me, hell yes, I want this. I want this for me. I want it for my kids. And my authority is telling me, I don't want this and I don't want it for my kids. And okay, we're individuals. And how do we move forward in this society together as individuals in a way that's healthy and respectful and meaningful and connective. So that's what we're trying to figure out right now. And all these tests, whether it's vaccines, whether it's, you know, uh, racial division, whether it's crazy, crazy things happening in the world. Um, that's what it's all boiling, boiling down to. So it's, I'm definitely not saying believe one thing or the other. I'm actually saying the opposite. I'm saying believe in yourself and really let yourself feel empowered to, to, um, get, get clear, ask those questions, know who you are, use your strategy and authority. So that was a really long rant about the new (laughs) paradigm, but you know what? It was great. (laughs) It's it's all there. (laughs) Self-projected projector. Yo, (laughs) I know I can't stop step off my soapbox (laughs) (laughs) it's a beautiful soapbox (laughs) there's this this duality to that experience though right and and that's what I've been really keenly aware of over the last few months in Australia is that we've been fairly um I guess fairly protected like we've certainly been going through the whole experience of of you know the pandemic and of racial inequality and all of these things that are occurring but Uh, we've had this sort of protected privilege of being able to say, well, America's a shit show and we're not. So we good, (laughs) we great. And, you know, I, I was very aware that our time was coming here that, (laughs) right. We were not going to be spared from the true chaos that we were seeing in other places. And, I think, unfortunately for us as Australians, it's it's hit now. So, you know, we're, we're 18 months into this. We're tired, right? You know, yeah. we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, and now we're going through at the worst part of this for us. And we're really experiencing a lot of this difficulty with, um, you know, misinformation and totalitarian power and control and, um, you know, issues regarding autonomy and health choices and, you know, all this stuff. It's it's a, an incredibly overwhelming human experience to be having. And I think that there, there like I said, it is dualistic. There is this duality of like, I can be aligned in my own energy, right? But I'm also this human living in this this human experience of all of these things that are happening around me that I don't necessarily have any control over. And I have to assume that for at least the next few years, this is going to be how it rolls. This is going to be how we experience that. I'm I'm curious about your insights on that. Well, I feel like it's, you know... um, through the crumbling and, you know, living this human experience, um, kind of like knowing who you are through this, through this transition, right? And this transition is really clarifying who you are, what's important to you, what's not, and uh, clarifying what is how we can rebuild. It's forcing us to rebuild, right? So these things are going to be around for a while and it is going to feel exhausting because change is always, always exhausting, especially when you're catapulted into it. So, you know, if you look at like the school systems, 
they are having to be rethought out and refigured out. And a lot of that is because of that structure was not serving us anymore, but we were just on this autopilot is a structure we built and now we're doing it and we've been doing it since you know the 50s this way and this is just how the world works all the things of this is just how the world works is going to fall away and for that to happen on a massive scale it takes something on a massive scale to do that and of course we're human we're living in this world so how can i honor what i'm feeling Um, and recognizing that, yes, this is causing anxiety, it's causing exhaustion, it's causing unknown. And also what is my strategy and authority telling me today? And can I just honor that? And can I just let that be enough? And I don't have to save the world and figure it all out and have all the answers because that's really what human design is all about is letting, setting your mind down and just letting your body lead you to that next step and the next step. And then you'll look back in seven years and be like, damn, I can't believe how much has changed and grown um, and exceeded any expectation I could have ever had. I couldn't have mentally figured this out. Us as a collective cannot mentally figure any of this out. It's just about, okay, you know what? We're freaking in it. So now what? And as a collective, if you don't have the tools of human design or whatever, this is catapulting you into saying, set your mind down. You can't think your way through this as a collective. We can't figure it out. So now what? You're still alive. You're still here. You're still breathing. What's what's left after that? And that's going to force everyone to figure out, okay, wait, who am I? How do I move forward? How does my energy work? How does my body work in this world around me. And that's kind of, I think where we're headed, but of course can't figure that out because it's not my job. (laughs) And, you know, with this paradigm shift too, I also really want to say that these shifts that are happening can feel really unnatural and then they can feel super challenging and we can have so much resistance to them. And I've heard people say over and over again, I just can't wait till things go back to normal, but guess what? They're not they are never going to go back to the way that they were. We are moving forward. And so I think something that's really helpful to help us all navigate this is to embrace this transition and to know that this is actually part of what is meant to happen. It's not like we all did something wrong and now like the world is literally going to explode tomorrow. It's like, this is a natural part of the unfolding of life. And there's been many different philosophies and cultures from thousands of years ago that have written about these different paradigm shifts and times where we are more moving towards enlightenment and times where we are falling asleep. And, you know, it's a natural rhythm that happens. And we are in this time where we are actually moving towards awakening. So that is actually a beautiful thing and it's natural. And the, the fact that we are all alive at this moment, it's not a coincidence. We're not here randomly. Every single person who's alive right now chose, their soul chose to incarnate at this time to be a part of this shift, period. If you are here, you are here to play a part in it. And that part is to radically be yourself and to be who you really are and to you know be a leader in letting go of that pressure to homogenize and be the same and sacrifice yourself and stepping into 
really, truly being yourself. So I just wanted to kind of share that something that has helped me is anytime I notice myself fighting it, I increase my suffering around all of this. And instead, if I can just let it be here and give it the full credit it deserves, you know, when I'm feeling like this is super difficult, like let myself cry about it. Like let myself really feel it when I am feeling like, why am I here? Remind myself that my soul chose to, and that, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not on here on accident, you know, really embracing it, I think can be maybe the most helpful thing. And to know that so many people who incarnate in this time are light workers who are here to help in this crumbling and help bring the light. And I don't want people to feel like, oh, we have, you know, five more years, six more years of crumbling because it's not this clean, you know, th things crumble and the next day, everything is reborn. It's happening at the same time. So yeah. these systems are falling, things are going to shit. And at the exact same time, people are ascending more people than ever are awakening more people than ever are connecting to who they really are, are being able to give love, are creating awesome, amazing things that are really going to help the planet. And that's happening right now too. So the good news is it's not just like you're in the crumbling. We're all going to just have to deal with it. <laughs> it's like you are in the crumbling, embrace it. And at the same time look for the rising, the ascension that's happening because it is happening as well right now. Yeah. And I think that you put that beautifully, Dana, like that is the lesson right now of every time we try to fight it, it's you increase your suffering and mm -hmm. it's not to say that it's not hard. You know, I'm of course I'm planning a wedding right now and I wish that I got married two years ago. Um, <laughs> it's not to say that it's not hard, but it is to say that, okay, let me not fight this because it does increase that suffering. And that surrender, I think is the, the major lesson in all of it because none of it can be controlled. And I, and loosening the grip of control, I think is that the biggest lesson and then keeping that eye out for the things that are rising. Um, yeah, spot on. Um, I think you told me the other day, like, you know what? We're just on the, the effort train. Like we're on the effort train. And that to me has been so helpful. And so many people in my life lately, it's like things, it's been pretty intense and yeah. just, you know what? We're on the effort train and yeah. we're just going to surrender to that and to not having the answers and to not being in control and as yeah. painful and as hard as that is to face and accept and allow not being in control, that's what we're being forced to do. So why fight it? Let's, yeah. let's F it. And here Every we are and let's see what we can learn and see and experience. Every time something just like a bomb gets dropped in our life, like, oh shoot, now we have to do this. Now we have to change our plans. My husband just looks at me and he's like, all aboard, choo choo. And we just like, are like, okay, cool. Like that's what we're doing because you can't fight it, right? You have to be here. You're, you're here for a reason. <laughs> I love that. I'm taking, I'm taking the train analogy. I think I'll be using yes. that for a little while here in Australia. Get, while on we board. Just like get ourselves sorted out over here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that very, um, like one of my favorite universal truths is resistance or surrender. That's mm -hmm. it. Those are the two yeah. choices that we have with every experience ever, whether it's internal or external, it's resist it. And that creates more suffering. And really it's exhausting, right? It kind of goes nowhere because ultimately in the end, the goal is surrender. So, you know, in my personal journey, it's been a lot about how quickly can I do that? You know, how, 
how early can I get myself to this place of surrender? Because it's, um, you know, it's like knowing what's good for you, right? Like it might not necessarily be the thing that you want in the moment, but it's the thing that you need. And it's the thing that's, that's ultimately going to work out so much better. Um, but that's not, that's not a simple, <laughs> it's very easy to say like, resist or surrender. That's it. Just do it. But it's, yeah. in reality, that's actually a pretty tricky thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that, you know, being able to just accept what is like, it's, it's the same thing with living your design. Like you can really resist a lot of things in your human design. Even you can resist being a projector. You can resist the fact that you are not a non-sacral being, or you can just kind of let go of that and put that, those things down and surrender into yourself. And that's actually when you become the most empowered that's actually when you, when you rise the most. And it's, it's pretty incredible to see how easy things can be, of course, extremely difficult to execute. And I think sometimes the easiest things in the world are the most difficult for us to actually put into practice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before we go, you know, the one thing that's really playing on my mind, very splenic, you know, is like this idea of, you know, we're often talking about in human design spaces, like what, what role each energy type is now going to play in the new paradigm. And I've noticed that the way that that is being received by manifestors is that there is this kind of additional pressure that we are individually taking on, perceived or, or realistic, I don't know. But we're taking on this extra pressure to say, wow, well, everything that I initiate, every urge that I follow really now has to be amazing, right? Like I have to inform correctly and I really have to know what I'm initiating and it really has to be good for everyone around me. And um, I think that we are feeling this friction because part of the reality of our experience is that sometimes we get rejected, right? Our, Mm -hmm. Our aura is repelling as well as magnetizing. And part of the quality of following creative urges is that there are a lot of people who are not ready for them. And that's, that's okay. Right. Because those people will move out of the way. But I think that that's quite intensified for us at the moment, you know, really trying to come down to this, this core essence of who we are and really try to awaken our power and, and trust ourselves to move through that fear and follow it, knowing that, well, sometimes that's going to be rejected sometimes that's going to repel people despite our best efforts to mag you know magnetize them in and, and to make them see how good this is do you have any particular advice for manifestors journeying through that right now absolutely and i mean it's it you can just see in what you just said like you have to be so brave like authentically brave to be a manifester because you know the theme that we say for this is um practicing non-attachment to everything you do, to everything you say, to everything you create. But I think even, you know, practicing non-attachment can feel like a lot of pressure. Um, And instead, I really encourage manifestors to be playful, you know, to be curious, to have a sense of humor, because that's going to help you be unattached to the things you say. And, you know, if you can just have a phrase for yourself, like, you know what, I'm just going on a limb. That's what I do. I don't care what's at the end of it. I don't care if I fall flat. I don't care if I fly. Like I'm just here being playful and being curious and 
observing my journey instead of letting my ego or my pain body get activated when something falls flat. I think it's, it's so much easier to kind of take on that role because it is a lot of pressure to be, you know, the less than 10% of humanity that's initiating everyone else. It's like, okay, great. We're doing all the work for you guys. Um, like I could see where that would really feel like a lot of pressure, but yeah, I would say playfulness, curiosity, anything that you can do to be able to have a sense of humor and also looking at everything you say, everything that you create in a completely objective way. So knowing that you are a channel, your ideas and your business ideas and your innovations, they actually don't even belong to you. Um, you are simply the vessel that channeled them and that put them out in the world. And maybe they were for you. Maybe they were for someone else. Maybe they were meant to come out and then fall flat. And it's not your job to control that. So if you can just be curious, be playful, be unattached, um, once again, all of those things are easier said than done. Uh, but that really can help kind of get rid of that seriousness or that heaviness. Um, because in the end, we're just here to explore and to play and to grow in this life. Yeah. And I do want to say that, um, you know, you're never going to see how your words and your urges impact people truly, um, even when they seem like they fall flat. So just saying them, even if it's not, you know, oh, this has to be perfect before I say it, this has to be a really good urge to initiate someone in a good way, even just saying, you know what, I just have this urge, it's weird, it's strange, and if it seems like it falls flat, you never know, like, the pers that person could then two weeks later be in a conversation like, oh, actually somebody brought this up the other day and it had me thinking about A, B, C, and D and they just spread it to this person. And then that person now is taking it and running with it and doing things with it. And that was a spark that left you and has now initiated some of the world. So knowing that it's not your job to observe how your urges, um, it, the full impact they have on the world, you might see that yeah, this felt like it fell flat and that's okay. You're not necessarily here to micromanage your urges or to um, control how people will receive them. So playfulness, playfulness, unattachment, and just like opening your mouth and informing before you know where it's going to go, where it's going to land, how it's going to be. And that can help release some of that pressure because like we are grateful and the more manifestors that can just talk and share, the more um, uplifted the planet's going to be in this, this transition that we're going in. Mm, so good. <laughs> I don't think we can find a better note to end on. Than that. <laughs> There's just been so much goodness to, to take in just, just from this last hour of talking to you. I mean, once again, like if nobody listens to this episode, which plenty of people will, I, I feel nourished and I feel encouraged and I feel really inspired and uplifted just by sharing in your insights and, and being guided by you for the last hour. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your energy to be here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. You're both phenomenal beings and it's, and it's a real privilege for me to uh, give some space for you to a, another audience. Well, thank you for having us. It's been a delight to bask in your energy and to just eat up this conversation with you. It's felt like a treasure box. So we are just so grateful to be here with you. Yes. Now, if people want to follow you, they want to get in your space, they want to work with you, what's, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Yeah. So you can go to our website, which is daylunalife.com. That's where you can check out all of our offerings. We have physical products as well as digital products and video courses and that whole nine yards there. And then we also have our Instagram, which is at dayluna. And then our podcast is called the dayluna human design podcast. And that's, you know, if you're just dipping your toes in the water and you want to go explore on your own, you can pick and choose the episodes that feel good for you. And we talk about all the things human design. Yes. Everything you create is gold. Everything you create is gold. And I genuinely don't say that about many, many people. So um, as a receiver of a lot of the things that you have created, they are, they're impeccable quality and they're beautiful and they really are influential. So um, I strongly encourage anybody to just, just take in anything of what you do, anything at all, get yourself a day lunar box because those things are like, life in a box they're so beautiful (laughs) oh my gosh thank you that manifestor compliment is hitting home so thank you thank you thank you you are welcome thank you both so much for being here with us thank you so much for listening to this episode of the hunting for purpose podcast i hope that my words my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life if you love this episode i would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media you can tag me on instagram or facebook at the holly marie and also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on itunes so that this information this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people again i cannot wait to see you for the next episode of hunting for purpose